Hello everyone and welcome to The Stage of Place. My name's Elliot and on this week's episode, our guest host Sam Pout is chatting to Maimuna Menon, the creator, writer, lyricist of Manic Street Creature, a show that took the Edinburgh Fringe by storm in 2022, winning a Fringe First, one of the biggest accolades at the festival, and this autumn is coming to the Southwark Playhouse Borough from the 19th of October until the 11th of November. Now I was listening to this interview, which is very special because it feels like one of these interviews that I actually don't conduct but get to listen to afterwards and it's a fantastic listen so I cannot wait for you all to hear this. So sit back, relax and enjoy episode 117 with this interview conducted by Sam Pout interviewing Maimuna Menon. Hello Maimuna, how are you? Hello, I'm great thanks, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. So today you're joining me on the Stage of Place podcast. Thank you so much for joining me and having a chat. So you're a singer, you're a writer, an actor, a composer, an Olivier Award <laughs> nominee. Is there a bucket list left? What what else is there to do? Oh, God. I think I would love to direct something at some point uh, in my life. Yeah. But I think right now I'm happy with the amount of balls I'm juggling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy, happy with how it is right now. <laughs> Yeah, I am really grateful that I can kind of have my finger in a lot of pies. I think when people say, you know, you have to focus on one thing and commit your whole life to it, I I don't necessarily agree with that. I agree that you have to be really dedicated to whatever you wish to pursue. But I do think what's so brilliant about being able to kind of do a a number of different things is that they can really inform one another. And I I feel like that has been particularly interesting for me, that being a writer and being an actor and a musician, I've been able to sit in lots of different rooms. And it's definitely made me all around better artist, I think by having different perspectives, meeting different people and being in different positions in rooms. Mm. I mean, my favourite thing is being able to do all three at the same time, Elamanic, Street Creature, but, you know, I have opportunities where I'm just writing music and lyrics for something and I'm not performing at all and getting to sit on the other side of the table or where I'm just acting and getting to perform someone else's work. And I just love being able to do all those different things because there's something to learn from from each one of them. So true. I completely agree. And I think also, because someone told me that you only really stick to one thing and you do that really well. And I just thought, oh, okay. But then also I think that's nice if you are able to do that but also yes you're right in that you can learn from different artists by being different jobs in different rooms but also when it's so hard to work in the industry anyway sometimes you can't choose to do one thing you have to learn how to sm or kind of like learn how producing works and how budgeting works so you're so right it does help you it helps you as an artist but also it helps you appreciate how the industry works as well and helps you really acknowledge kind of like the the effort that goes into different jobs but anyway so you talked about Manic Street Creature so I am so excited to meet you um <laughs> because I saw you in Electrolyte in 2019 oh I saw Manic Street Creature last year at Edinburgh 2022 and I saw Standing Out the Sky's Edge as well. I am I am like a groupie. I'm your groupie. <laughs> oh, that's so lovely. Thank you. So you're take but you're taking Manic Street Creature from Edinburgh 22 to the Southwark Playhouse opening on the 19th of October. For anyone, so I've seen it and people in Edinburgh may have seen it as well. For anyone who hasn't seen it, what is Manic Street Creature? Manic Street Creature is a concept album musical. It's a, a show that talks about mental health care, talks about codependency, 
And it's essentially a love story, really. But it's all set in a recording studio. And each song reflects a memory in Ria's life. And we essentially, through the nine tracks that we hear, kind of go through this love story that Ria has from beginning to end. And yeah, the story is told through spoken word, underscore and songs. Excellent. And you've written it, you've produced it and you're performing in it as well. How hard is Is it nice? Is it hard? Is it what, what's it like? Look, it is. I have to be honest, it is all consuming. Co-producing it with the Southwark Playhouse has been incredible because they have been so supportive. Edinburgh was a real challenge, I think, and also the most creatively amazing thing I've ever done. Trying to raise the money to go to Edinburgh was a huge challenge. I think the Edinburgh Festival is the most amazing thing, especially for new musical work, because I think there aren't really many other platforms in the UK for that kind of work. But also it is becoming kind of unsustainable now in the way that it's becoming very, very expensive. Accommodation in particular is absolutely ridiculous. So raising the money for that was quite stressful, but I was so determined to bring the show to Edinburgh into 2022 after three years of having no festival and also all of us going through this pandemic and all of us kind of struggling with our mental health and I think re-evaluating what we wanted with our lives re-evaluating a lot of the time our relationships who we were as people really having to spend a lot of time with ourselves and so being able to bring it there was the most incredible thing actually and the response was kind of overwhelming and I was so grateful that people connected with the show co-producing it again this time having thought of Southwark Playhouse has been absolutely brilliant because I've been able to as a producer kind of express myself creatively as well as having the, the brilliant support of Southwark Playhouse and because it's such a personal story this is the first book I've written for theatre that has been kind of put on officially and I've written so much music for theatre in the past that I really wanted to challenge myself to write the book as well and I really couldn't see anyone else writing it because of how personal the story it was and I really had the idea of how the words would go with the music from the very beginning and the structure of it and stuff and I, I just felt like I needed to challenge myself to do that but also yeah it's my story so I wanted to tell it yeah you're the best person uh, to tell it absolutely yeah it's in, in a long-winded way I tend to go on tangents but in a long-winded way I think having so many hats on for this show although it's been incredibly exhausting it has also been the most important thing I've ever done in my life both kind of creatively and emotionally I think in, in my professional life I mean and I'm very grateful to, to be able to do it. Absolutely well what's the journey like between Edinburgh and Southwark Playhouse is it after Edinburgh do you look at it and think oh I think we don't need that song I think we need another one or something is it is it different or is it kind of like more realised what, what's the journey been like? Yeah so for Edinburgh I think you know when you when you do a new show the thing that you're most focused on is just getting something together that works and it's like okay I've got to create this whole thing from start to finish so the aim was that we had something that was like solid and together and you know things developed over the run that's what always happens you get more confidence in certain points and like by the end of Edinburgh the three of us musicians felt like we were so in sync with each other and that was the most beautiful part about it it's so nice to come back to the show knowing that we have a full thing and being able to focus a little bit more on details we have got a new band member so like the first week has been bringing him up to speed with everything 
and he's been brilliant Harley um he has like just picked up everything so quickly and Rachel the cellist has come back again just an incredible musician I'm very very grateful to have them as part of the team and I think the next couple of weeks is going to be about like finding some freshness to it I think what I would love in an ideal world after this Southwark run is to develop it even further and have a bit more time with that again that takes money um, and it takes time so it all depends on what happens um, after the show and how it's received who knows but mm. I would love to develop it even further after this you touched on it earlier about how it touches on themes of mental health and what that experience is like and I think Electrolyte also kind of like resonated with similar themes which you performed with Wildcard kind of like numerous times at Ed Fringe so is that kind of like what you're focusing on now like the your rep that you're building as a kind of like a writer performer is that what you really believe in when you want to create a new piece of work? I think certainly um, mental health is a huge item, a huge part of of what I want to talk about um, in theatre. I think it has been coincidental that Electrolyte and Manic have both been about similar themes in such quick succession. Mental health is something that I've come into contact with since I was very young and that I didn't quite understand fully myself growing up. I think when I was growing up, mental health wasn't spoken about really at all I didn't know what anxiety was and I remember going to the doctor and being like I can't breathe properly I feel like I've got asthma and my doctor being like there's nothing wrong with you and I didn't understand why I was feeling like this and I realize now looking back I probably had anxiety from a really young age and I just didn't know what that was (laughs) and I think what's brilliant about the climate now is that we are starting to talk about mental health and you're seeing the younger generations coming through and being much more vocal about how they're feeling which I think is brilliant but also like Writing this show, I've learned so much about myself and what I need to work on. But with Manic, I particularly wanted to talk about mental health care, because I think so often mental health is talked about from the perspective of um, a person going through a crisis. But very rarely do we talk about the support network around them and the people who, yeah, who really look after them. And I think it's interesting who we're drawn to as people, like why we gravitate towards certain people. I certainly realized about myself that I got purpose from looking after people, which wasn't particularly healthy for me. Um, And I've done a lot of work on myself over the past couple of years to try and look into myself and why that was the case. But I think, yeah, compassion, exhaustion, secondary traumatic stress, i.e. when you take on someone else's trauma and their trauma becomes traumatizing, is an actual thing that happens a lot. And when I was kind of thinking about myself, thinking about this show during the pandemic, I kind of looked up this thing that I was feeling like, is it possible to take on someone else's trauma? And actually seeing that there was an actual term for it, secondary traumatic stress that other people had gone through it was such a relief because I was like, oh, so many people are feeling this thing. And what's really complicated about it is that we care so much about our loved ones. We care so much about the people we want to look after that it almost feels like we're betraying them if we say, I'm finding this really fucking hard. And I think that's why we so seldom talk about it, how other people's trauma can also kind of affect us. And I really, really wanted to talk about that on stage. And I think music is the best healer. Music is the best way for me to express myself. I wanted to make the show funny. I wanted to make the show relatable. I wanted to make people feel like they could laugh as well as cry. (laughs) And yeah, so I just started writing it really and hoping that I was telling it in the most respectful way possible as well because that was very, very important to me. And we've ended up here. I think what you're saying is so true and that I think for anything where someone feels alone or not what they can't really decipher what they're feeling or who they are that visibility or that just that knowledge of 
there's someone else out there. They could be the other side of the world, but there's someone else out there who will know what I am or what I'm going through. And it's quite, it's sometimes quite liberating, isn't it? When you know that and all kind of like freeing or relieving. And I think what you, what you said just now about music really for someone Mm. watching your show, Manic Street Creature, it would really allow them, they may want to sing along or they won't or whatever, but I think the feeling of feeling that music will allow them to feel liberated and freed, Mm -hmm. um, which is so exciting. And I love that. And then afterwards they can talk to you or talk to someone else in the audience and be like, yeah, I felt that too. I thank, thank God I came basically. But I think gig, a gig theater, I don't know if you kind of like, refer to this style as gig theatre but the kind of style where it feels a little bit like a set or kind of like some sort of kind of like micro concert kind of thing Mm. and that's kind of like a new a relatively new style of theatre that's kind of like emerging Mm. which is really exciting and I think it's kind of like opening up a new audience to theatre and what you said about music and kind of like obviously you're brilliant at expressing yourself through music and singing and composing. But what do you think gig theatre can do for themes about mental health and 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 those themes like that and struggles like that? What does music do for an audience like that? Yeah, I think I think music can be the best form of therapy. <laughs> I think it can be cathartic. It can be liberating, as you say. Music transcends the spoken word. It's kind of impossible to explain why, but there is this universal understanding that we feel or this kind of universal emotion that can come from a song that you connect to. There is a kind of inexplicable release you can get from listening to a song that you connect with whether it's the lyrics or whether it's just a note or a chord that really makes you go oh my gosh that speaks to me and what I love about music is that it's such a subjective art form as is as is every art form but you know someone might connect to a certain part of the song someone might connect to a lyric someone might connect to a guitar riff or something and when people say I don't like musical theatre I always challenge them on that because I go okay but do you like music and if you like music then there will be a show for you and that's what I hope with this show I can do which is bring a kind of a new musical theatre audience to the theatre because I like the micro concert I like I like these I've never heard that before but a micro concert is what it feels like it's about I suppose having a, a slightly more the kind of music you might hear on record on stage so it feels like a music concert but with a narrative attached to it and that's what I tried to do with this show I feel very passionate about trying to bring new audiences to the theatre and especially to musical theatre and I think the reason I tend to not use gig theatre anymore is because I feel like people use that word to try and navigate the connotations that are attached to musical theatre so people use the word gig theatre to try and go don't worry it's not a musical but actually it is a musical and my show is certainly a musical maybe a slightly more unconventional and intimate musical and I want people to know that it is a musical well I don't know there's, so, there's such there's such a varied kind of beautiful scene for musical theatre now that yeah I'm happy to call it a concept album musical mm. it is gig theatre but I think gig theatre now can take on so many forms that I prefer the term concept album musical yeah yeah yeah, definitely and I think I know we're not talking about this but you were in Standing at the Sky's Edge and that was really interesting because for me it was a new musical because I know there's this kind of connotations around a jukebox musical that people have and might not work or it's only for one kind of audience who are a fan of that artist when I saw Standing at the Sky's Edge 
I thought it was brilliant because it just turned the Olivier Theatre into a concert venue, especially the beginning of Act Two, when everyone's just rocking out. They're in their own little world, oh, all on the stage. One of my favourite yeah. moments of the whole show. I think yeah. it was such a bold move to be like, we're here, we're just standing here with a mic and singing and singing Absolutely. a song. And that's the reason I think Standing at the Sky's Edge did so well is because the story and the music was amazing. Yes, there were loads of like cool lights and like sounds and set and everything. But if you took all of that away, it would still stand up. The material was so strong. It had such a purity to it. It had such a strong message to it. People really connected with the subject matter of community and love and supporting one another. And on top of that, the lyricism and the incredible music and arrangements were just so moving, just like such a bop as well. I, I loved like being at the National Theatre and seeing people in the audience, like literally like rocking along to stuff. People should feel like they can do that in the theatre. Yeah. I love that. I know some people don't, but I... I think that's so cool that people feel like they can properly like sing along and stuff. Obviously, I go to theatre a lot, but I don't go to concerts as often. And so experiencing that, especially beginning of Act Two, when there's just this huge guitar solo and it was just insane and I loved it. And it was just so unexpected because I'm used to a kind of a a formal theatre venue. And so it was so unexpected and exciting for me. But then that is the same concept as someone who doesn't really go to the theatre often, but does love music. And so then there'd be a way to what theatre can be and how it's not what they think it can be or whatever and it's kind of this whole new style of performance and entertainment which is so exciting and that's why I really love I know it's a very different it's not a micro concert it's kind of a slightly bigger but it's that same that same kind of principle of kind of really carrying an audience and taking them on a emotional fun hilarious but also really touching and heartfelt journey which is exciting so for an audience that's are thinking of coming to Manic Street Creature how are you gonna sell it why should someone come to see Manage Creature in like three words or if three words is too hard why should they come? I would like to say I would love people to come to Manic to connect to really important subject matter with soulful music I think to connect with people through music both on stage and off. Manic Street Creature marries a record with theatre I have used my background in the music industry and my background in theatre and married the two together to create a show that is part gig, part spoken word, and hopefully it will tackle some really important subject matters, i.e. compassion, exhaustion, codependence, mental health, in a funny and soulful way. Lovely, brilliant. You've sold it. <laughs> You've sold it. So that's Malachi Creature at the Southwark Playhouse, 19th of October to the 11th of November. And I think you're doing a Q&A about mental health and, and what that experience is like on the 26th of October. Yes, yeah. we are. And we've got some really exciting people who are going to be joining us for the Q&A. Lovely. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Mamie and Amemon. I have one question left. And this is yes. that we ask everyone that comes onto the podcast. Basically, our title of the podcast, Stage Place. Essentially, what is your stage place? So it can be literally anywhere that you feel like you write best or you are most inspired, whether kind of like you get your ideas from or where you kind of like, it could be literally mine tends to be the kind of the dark corner of a pret because it's kind of mm-hmm. like not, not too comfy and there's kind of an energy around me and there's a plug nearby as well. So that's kind of like a good place for me. So what what's your stage place? My 
stagey place I would have to say it's a really boring answer it's being home alone in my living room facing my window with the windows open being surrounded by all of my instruments either that or I could tell you two really like funny ones where my like I I, I always have two moments where ideas come to me so that's like the, the sitting room is my stagey place it's where I like do all of like my like really hard like thought-provoking work but I had two two moments usually in my life when stuff will come to me which is as I'm falling asleep I go <gasps> and I like get up and like remember right I couldn't think about how to start Manic Street Creature I couldn't think about how to start the whole show and I was literally falling asleep and I went I've got it and I just like wrote it all down on my notes and then typed it up the next day or when I'm on the toilet I have such amazing ideas when I'm sat on the toilet so yeah they're two like really like inspiring places and I think it's just because you're letting your body like relax <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> yeah you're doing nothing I agree I think shower for me I know it's such a cliche but shower yeah. but also the gym because the gym uh, is yeah. so monotonous yeah. like you're doing the same thing yeah. your mind does naturally wonder so yeah that's for, I I get I get the toilet thing for sure well thank you so much for coming on to the stage but it's been so nice to meet you and talk to you, you about too. your work and Manic Street Creature. I hope you have a lovely day. Thank you. Thanks for having lovely. me. That's all right. And I'll see, I'll see you at Manic Street Creature very soon. See you then. Bye. Bye. And there we go, that was Sam Pelt there interviewing Maimuna Menon, the creator, writer, lyricist of Manic Street Creature, heading to the Selwick Playhouse Borough from the 19th of October until the 11th of November. Now, as usual with all of our episodes on the podcast, if you would like to book tickets or find out more information about Manic Street Creature, we will have all the links in our episode notes wherever you are streaming this episode. Also, if you're new to the stage of place, why not follow us on our social media? We're on TikTok, Instagram, and X at The Stagey Place, where we share all of our thoughts on all of the shows that we go and see around the UK. Join us next week on the podcast where we will have Gillian Greer, the adapter of Eliza Clark's Boy Parts, which is coming to the Soho Theatre in London. So until next week, I hope you're keeping safe and staying stagey. Goodbye. <laughs>